Hello and welcome to episode number nine of the Bouncing Back podcast with me, James Middleton. Today's episode is one that is going to be looking around the topic of success. I'm going to explore all kinds of avenues underneath it because I think for a lot of people, success is a word that often brings more than just one meaning to your mind and I think that's a good thing I don't think there's an objective truth of what success is I think success to a lot of people can be very different and a lot of people based on their circumstances their opinions might have different views on what success is and what it looks like and as always what I'm going to be talking to you about is based around things that I've read things that I've listened to my own opinions thrown in there a kind of like a well-rounded overview of it. Now, you might disagree with some of the things that I say. You might agree with some of the things that I say. That's the beauty of listening to someone like myself talking about a subject like this because it just, I believe, opens up your mind to more viewpoints, different sides of the coin. And the sad reality is, right, in today's world, there are too many people out there woke people who have an opinion on something and if someone else's opinion isn't the same as theirs or they disagree with something they automatically assume that that person or that opinion is wrong and it's really sad because I think more people need to open their eyes up and understand and actually take in different viewpoints and different opinions because all that does is it just enhances your view on things and it just expands your horizons and increases your knowledge on certain topics so that's kind of my style if you haven't gathered that already in the previous podcasts it's always offering you viewpoints and considerations and things to go away and think about it's not necessarily right or wrong or black and white I try to make it as factual as possible but a lot of it is my own little spin and opinion which so far a lot of you agree with and I've had some people DM me and message me and email me on things that they didn't agree with but that's great because then I get into a discussion and we both walk away having learned something I digress so today what is success now as always I've jotted down a couple of bullet points actually five here in total that I'm going to run through as the structure of this episode and I'm going to start by looking at success the de- I guess the definition of it its counterpart failure and why comparison is a dangerous thing to do with success and also how looking inward can be a very valuable thing when it comes to understanding what success is. I'm then going to talk about what the opposite of success might be and then come on to talking about the two roads in life of ease and hardship and why these are important to make clear as to which one you're going down and perhaps why this may lead to success or not success. Then I'm going to talk about experiences and enjoying what you do and then finish off with a very business line, work less, succeed more and why that can be beneficial and why you don't always need to just work your nuts off to be successful with the definition that I give for that. So if that made no sense, it's fine, don't worry, it will all become very clear but that is the layout and let's start with considering what I think are all two black and white words themselves, success and failure. It seems that you are either a success, an overall good thing, or its counterpart, a failure, an irredeemably bad thing in this world, in this life. 
Now these words, success and failure, they don't imply any middle ground or any alternative. However, in a world as complex as ours, I think that such generalizations are a sign of naivety and unsophisticated analysis. And that's my opinion. I think it's a very binary system to be caught up in and one that actually completely overlooks important degrees and values of the words. There isn't just one game at which to succeed or fail. There are many games in life that we play. In fact, many good games that we can play, games that match your talents, your skills, and involve you with other people, which can not only benefit you, but the other person too. For example, being a personal trainer is a good game. So is being a lawyer, a plumber, a school teacher, you name it. There are many things you can be in this world. And if you don't excel or succeed at one, the beauty of it is you can then try another and pick something better matched to your strengths, your weaknesses and circumstances situation. It's also unlikely that you're playing just one game. You have your career, right? But you also have friends, family, personal projects, athletic pursuits. So it might be better to judge your success across all the games you're involved with. The chances are that you're really good at some games, pretty average at some, and terrible at others. But perhaps that's how it should be. Now you might disagree and think, I should be winning at everything, and a lot of people have that mindset. But think about it this way. Winning at everything might only mean that you're not doing anything new or difficult. Sure, you might be winning, but you're not growing and growing might be the most important form of winning. And I've spoken about the importance of growth and becoming something better each and every day and growth coming through periods of discomfort and not comfort. And a lot of the time, if people are winning all the time, okay, in life and it's a constant breeze, then really are they doing anything that challenging? I'm not sure. I personally don't think so. I don't think we grow if we're always winning. The best sports teams, the best athletes, the best businesses in the world have all grown and become successful through the values and lessons they've learned, through losses, through failure, through mistakes. No one at the top is there because they've just won all the time. But that's all we may see. As an outsider, when we look at a successful business, a successful person, a successful sports team, often we only see or hear or read about the winning they've done, the great achievements. We hardly ever see the failures, or at least if we do, we don't remember the failures as much as the victories we see. You know, how many times have you, if you support a football team, for example, seen them get to the final and lose? You don't remember the times that they lost in the final. You remember times that they won. And that's often a lot of time we remember things about people. We see people and we see success and we think, God, this guy or this girl is amazing. God, look at them. They're, they're always winning. They're always winning. But, but we never get presented behind the scenes, the, the losses that they face, the failures that they make. It's worth noting that you might come to realize that the details of the many games you're playing are so individual to you as well that comparison to others is entirely inappropriate. It's so common for us to undervalue what we do, have 
and overvalue what we don't have. How many times have you done that? I do it regularly. I can count every time I've done that recently, you know, undervaluing how much I have in my life that's worthy and that other people might look at and think he's successful and then overvaluing things that I don't have because I'm looking at other people thinking, oh, I want to have that, but actually it doesn't have any value at all really in, in my life. And I've spoken about gratitude before. There is so much utility and benefit in gratitude. It's such good practice against the dangers of resentment and victimhood. Take an example. Let's say your colleague is outperforming you at work. A very common thing and, and often something that someone has found themselves in a position at some point in their life. However, your colleague is smashing it at work, but their partner is having an affair while your marriage is stable and happy. Who has it better? Another example, the celebrity you love and follow who appears to have everything is actually on antidepressants and battling depression. Is their life truly preferable to yours? We seem to judge other people's success by a singular arbitrary domain like fame, money or power. Those three things are often the things that come to the forefront of our mind when we think about success. That's the first thing we also usually look at. And then when we act like either one of those are the only thing that's relevant, when we compare it unjustly to our own life, then we feel like our life isn't as good or there is injustice that we don't have that fame, money or power and our motivation to do anything suddenly becomes undermined. I've been guilty of this before, comparing myself to someone famous or with lots of money or power or, or another personal trainer who is 10 times bigger than me on social media and therefore in my mind probably earning 10 times more and living a life that's 10 times better and suddenly everything in my life seems pointless and I feel this huge sense of worthlessness but you have to be cautious when you're comparing yourself to others particularly when it comes to success because you're a singular being you have your own specific problems financial, psychological, relationship wise on an intimacy level and more those are embedded in the very unique broader context of your existence your job works for you in a personal manner or it doesn't but it should never be compared to someone else's because it's an entirely unjustifiable useless comparison that literally serves you no benefit someone else's successful job quotation mark successful job might be your worst nightmare it has no bearing on your life you need to decide how much time you spend comparing your success to other people's you need to decide what to let go and what to pursue and my advice on this is to focus on what your own success looks like to you and ensure of achieving and fulfilling that not what success might look like to your mate or your family member my stance on this is that success is very individual whatever success means the definition of it one thing that is certain is it is individual to each and every person and unique to each and every one of us when we look inward at success i like to think of it a bit like this okay so we make around let's say on average 500 decisions a day 500 tiny actions compose your day today and every day could you perhaps aim at making one or two of these 
at a better result. Better not based off of the opinion of someone else or objectively, but in your own private opinion by your own individual standards. Could you perhaps try to compare your specific goals, not to what the next persons are, your friends, your enemies, but instead with your specific personnel yesterday? These questions are ones I ask myself as a reminder to focus on me and my own success according to my own world. And as a result, it helps me to aim small. The last thing you want to do is to carry too much weight on your shoulders to begin with, that you struggle moving or you tempt fate with removing any responsibility because there's just too much to handle too soon. So you set the following goal. All right, I want you to do this. By the end of the day, and this is honestly what I do, by the end of the day, this is what I tell myself, I want things in my life to be a little bit better than they were this morning. Then you ask yourself, what could I do that would have me achieve that? And what small thing can I reward myself with? Then you go and go whatever it is you've decided to do. It can be as trivial as you like, even if you do it badly. And I'll use a trivial example, but one that works for me. If I've had a bad morning, if it's been unproductive or I haven't done what I've set out to do, maybe I've procrastinated a bit too much, maybe I've been distracted by text messages, phone calls that I could have left for another time. I'll go to the gym, so I always train around lunchtime anyway, and I will solely focus on ensuring that I have the best training session that I can have. And the quality of that training session isn't based around what other people think is a good training session or what my mate thinks is a good training session. It's based upon me feeling a certain way and me being present in that moment, focusing on my body, focusing on myself. But even if I don't have a great session, I've trained and I've achieved something in the bigger picture, very small, but to me is an incremental win. And it's why I go on about so much about why training and escaping for 30, 40 minutes, an hour, is it's more than just going to the gym and lifting weights and trying to get a good body and trying to get fit. For me, the gym has got more meaning behind it. And that's why it's such a big part of my life. It's deeper than that. And you know what I reward myself with after every gym session? Sushi. Sushi. It sounds crazy, but to me, I look forward to having that sushi every day after my gym session. And I sometimes feel stupid about doing this, but I do it anyway. It's my little thing I've got going on. And I do it daily and I'll do the same thing tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And with each day, my baseline of comparison gets a little higher. And to me, that's magic. I'll push myself a little bit more in my gym session. I'll try and lift that little bit more weight each and every time. And over time, that's compound interest. Do that for three, four, five years with whatever it is you decide to do and your life will be completely different. Now you're aiming for something greater and what you aim at determines what you see. I'll say that again because I love that line. What you aim at determines what you see. So just think about that. Think about success being something only to do in your own world, only something that you compare with your own self and even as soon as comparing yourself to how you were this morning trying to build on that and making the rest of your day that little bit better and it honestly again goes down and 
breaks down and boils down to that thing of the, the small things that you do that are gonna build up over time to make the big difference and breaking things down and focusing on doing those small things. And that can be anything. It can be personal to you. I've given you my example of what that looks like. It can be something entirely different, but have a think about it. And next time you're wanting to feel like you're making progress and in your mind having a successful day, set little tasks for yourself to do and try and build up that momentum. For me, a large part of what I deem success to be is happiness. I think that a lot of people will agree. Maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't. But I think how happy you are with what you have, with who you are as a person, with the people around you in your life and what you're doing on a daily basis plays a huge role in, I guess, the definition of success. These are all things that you can control too. Your happiness is entirely down to you and the way you see the world. Undoubtedly, there are events in our life that can cause moments of unhappiness. These moments might last days, maybe weeks, months, maybe even years, let's hope not. But ultimately, you are responsible for the way you feel. No one else is. Based on this idea, have you ever thought about happiness this way? That to be happy, we need something to solve. I've spoken about him before, but Mark Manson, author of Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and by the way, mum, I'm swearing because that is the name of his book, believes that the opposite of happiness is boredom. A large part of me would agree with him. What I think this insinuates is that happiness is a form of action. When we have something to do, something to aim at, and our minds become occupied with that task in hand, and we become all consumed by it, we enjoy the thrill of it, the reward of completing it, we're happy. You know when you get into that cycle that, I, I guess I call it like, not autopilot because you're a lot more conscious than that, but it's like that flow. You know when you're in that flow and you're doing something and it's really enjoyable and the time is just flying by, but it's something that's productive and then you complete it and you're feeling amazing. Even during the process of doing something, whatever it is, we're solving something, aren't we? It could be with your work, it could be even cooking food at dinner time. We're, we're working through ingredients, we're putting them together, we're solving something to get a taste that we are gonna then consume afterwards. We're actioning, and I think that brings some degree of happiness. Next time you're bored and you've got nothing to do, watch how quickly your mood changes and becomes one overwhelmed with sadness. And I don't mean boredom in the sense of being bored with the task you're doing. It's very different just being bored at work, you know, working through an Excel document, although granted, you know, that surely doesn't make too many people happy. But I think that's different. I'm talking about boredom in the sense that you literally have nothing to do, nothing to excite you, nothing to aim for. Even if you're filling out an Excel spreadsheet, the aim is to finish it and get it done and make sure it's all right. And there is a little bit of reward from that. But with complete boredom, there is nothing to see. Boredom in this regard predicates thinking, right? When you're really, really bored and you've got nothing to do, you tend to think a lot, but it's not a good type of thinking. It encourages comparison, things like self-doubt, self-loathing, uncertainty, restlessness, all things that incite negative thoughts. I've noticed that the majority of people are not very good at being alone with their thoughts. In fact, most people hate it. And 
would rather be scrolling aimlessly through Instagram than sit there and be alone with their thoughts and just think. And I think that's a little bit sad, but we're in a society now where we are so drilled and wired to having this instant gratification or this instant entertainment that we can no longer sit there by ourselves for five minutes without going crazy. The amount of friends that I've spoken to who have tried meditating and have stopped after a week, two weeks because they sit there and go, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. My mind's going mental. I'm like, what is wrong with you? You First of all, you have to practice, but it's five minutes of silence, of just not being entertained by something. It's good for you. Practice it. Be alone with your thoughts. It's incredibly important. But that kind of thing, scrolling through social media, these instant distractions, that is literally it. They are mere distractions to perhaps the boredom that we might be suffering. And it often takes away the responsibility from ourselves to take action to change something in our life so that we're not in this loophole of being bored and turning to a surface level hobby or pastime to draw away from being conscious of the fact we're actually bored or maybe even deeper on a further level, unhappy. It's a scary thought, isn't it? We think we're being productive or doing something of value, but we're just tricking our minds. We're tricking ourselves into thinking that we're busy doing something when actually we're just being completely aimless and unmeaningful in the thing we're doing. I would largely say that scrolling through social media is pretty unmeaningful. And it's a slippery slope and one that you do not want to get into where you find yourself doing things that serve you no real purpose, but you keep thinking it's keeping you busy. Get off social media and do something that's worth your time, worth aiming for, worth seeing learn something new, take up a new hobby, immerse yourself in a new book or take on a new skill, find something that is going to excite you and that you can make progress with. Happiness can arise from solving something, right? And having a task and completing it. And by solving tasks, however big or small they may be, you're growing and growing is a form of progress. It's also a form of winning. And as I mentioned at the beginning, I think winning is a part of a game that we're all playing to be successful and playing many games in order to feel like we're getting somewhere and and therefore feeling like we're achieving some kind of success. Two fundamentals that I think that contribute to happiness and ultimately, in my eyes, to success are progress and winning. Growth, progress, winning... These can only derive through some form of action. If you don't want to do that, the initiative to act, that's cool. But don't start blaming everything and everyone around you when in five years, 10 years later, you're in the exact same position you are now in, doing the exact same thing, full of regret. So some really interesting points there that I think can be incredibly valuable when you think about it on that deeper level. Now, Denzel Washington, one of my favorite actors of all time said this quote in one of his speeches when he won one of the many acting awards. He said, without commitment, you will never start. But more importantly, without consistency, you will never finish. Now, I love that quote. It's one of two quotes I love from him. The second one I'm going to tell you in a second. It's not easy, right? Life isn't easy. It's not designed to be easy. Life isn't designed for everyone to be successful. And by the way, every time I say the word successful, I know I haven't put an actual definition 
on it right now. But when I say successful, in my eyes, I mean, I guess, happiness. So let's just say for the sake of that, success, when I say successful, you know, happiness. Or maybe success can be pursuing or taking on pursuits that excite you and give you purpose and enable you to make progress. Okay, so let's just leave it at that. But it's, life is not designed for everyone to be able to do that. And as soon as you realise this and you understand that actually life is constantly going to throw things at you to test you, to see what you're made of, then you'll be more prepared for it and be more prepared for those things that come out of the woodwork and hit you like a tonne of bricks. If you have the mindset that life is meant to be a breeze or easy, whenever something difficult arises in your path, you're much more likely to throw your hands up in the air and go, what's this? This isn't fair. Why is this happening to me? Victimhood in this instance, a term that I think is worn by so many people, a term so destructive and unproductive to your existence in this world, and one that I think should be avoided at all costs. But if you take absolute responsibility for everything that happens in your life, if you're there almost expecting challenges that life gives you, you'll make so much more of the situations you find yourself in, both good and bad. We know this by now. We know that nothing worthwhile in life comes easy. We know that at some point, something is gonna come into our life and make it a little bit difficult and make it challenging. If not, we should be seeking out challenges, things that are gonna challenge. I don't, I don't mean things that are unexpectedly bad and terrible, but I mean seeking out challenges to help us grow and be better prepared for, for what life has to offer. But if life was easy, there would be no greats. Now, the second quote that Denzel Washington said is that ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. Ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. Just remember that, write it down if you want on a piece of paper on your phone. Stick it by your bedside table. So many people take the easy route in life, the easy road, because it's effortless. But the problem is, it may be effortless now, but my God, will it be difficult in the future. You take the easy road now, you will face an absolute hurricane later in your life. And that's the irony. People who don't suffer much now because their life choices are based on what's most comfortable for them and what's easiest for them today, end up experiencing so much more unwarranted discomfort as they grow older. And not by choice. That comfort doesn't hit them by choice when they're older. It's, it lands in their laps. This is why when I look at success, I don't believe it's to do with how much money you have or how great your job is or how many holiday homes and cars you have. Success to me in this regard is understanding this critical principle in life that you have to work through the hardship you will face in order to come out the other side as a stronger and better person. One of the things to what a successful person looks like, at least to me, is someone who has been knocked down seven times but has climbed back up eight. Not someone who has taken the easy road and complains every time it gets a little steep for them to climb. And there are many people who fit in the bracket of the latter in this world. I don't have anything against these people. They're not my concern, but I just don't want you to ever fall into that bracket. I want you to understand your true potential and stay clear of this easy path and find success, whatever it may mean to you, 
through diving deep into your own world and making that world of yours the best it can possibly be and giving it your absolute best shot every single day not once a week not once a month but every single day and granted yes we all get days where we don't feel good we feel unmotivated we don't really want to get out of bed but you can't fault yourself for trying your hardest and again you don't have to conquer Everest every single day you don't have to do a million things on your to-do list every single day it can be one or two very small things that you get done that can help you build that momentum and build that path to becoming a better person each and every day and I do believe that success is that is becoming someone better every single day growing up particularly I'd say in my early 20s I believe that success was how much money you had how good your job was how big your house was how attractive your partner was how many holidays you went on the materialistic and chauvinistic list I could go on and I was probably not alone in those beliefs in fact many people old and young still believe this I've got mates who think that that's what success is I mean it doesn't help right it doesn't help that we're presented with this on social media and that social media is the highlight reel of everyone's life you know these influencers they call themselves who sell teeth whitening products and weight loss pills to fund their mercedes leases and uncultured flashy soulless trips to dubai from the outset young people who follow these clowns growing up thinking that's what success is and that's what success looks like that's what happiness looks like a pair of fake double d tits veneers from turkey a louis vuitton handbag lying on a beach in dubai with an instagram caption of work hard play hard <laughs> i could go on shots fired the irony is that i think the majority of these people the veneer lot are so unhappy with themselves and who they truly are and are so out of touch with what happiness and success really is that when they start growing older and no one cares about them anymore because the next lot of fame hungry botox thirsty lot have come through their worlds will come crashing down but young people are made to believe this is what they should be striving for and it's completely fucked sorry mum but it is societal norms are skewed they're skewed and we are all hearing and believing what social media and algorithms are showing us and comparing our own lives with this i was once that kid who believed that and it made me feel awful about my own life but when i realized that my life is my life not theirs and i have so much to be grateful for in my own world that some of these others may not like i said earlier there is no point comparing your success or your happiness to someone else's because the games that you're playing and the games that they're playing are entirely different what's important is you focusing on your own games and making them as good as they possibly can be winning at your own games who cares what other games are going on this isn't the premier league you don't need to worry about what other teams are doing and how other teams are performing and how that's going to affect your own teams okay this is about you comparison is the thief of joy I touched upon materialistic things that a lot of these numbnuts think will bring them happiness or fulfillment. I'm being quite harsh, but they do my head in. Maybe I am being too harsh and I should show more empathy because actually not everyone knows 
or grasps that materialistic things don't make you happy, at least not for the long term. But I hope that you come to realize that because again, I've learned from my own experience. I've, I've bought things thinking that I'm gonna be happier when I have them. And it's just not the case. It is just not the case. And someone can come along with a nicer watch than mine or a nicer car than mine, but I don't care. I used to care about that thing. It was like a competition. And it is for a lot of these people, these these guys, girls driving around in these flashy Mercedes Benzes, but yet they've got, you know, £5,000 in their bank account. It, it, it's a sad reality that this, you know, chauvinistic idea of success is what defines or people think defines themselves. And, and yet they they get bored of it and they then run out of money and then they realise, gosh, maybe I should have listened to James's podcast on this and actually started looking inward and looking at my own game and winning my own game and making sure that success to me was personal to me. But I want to touch upon something that I think can also be defined as success and that's having amazing experiences. And it's the complete opposite of the materialistic world. Now I grew up in a family with my dad and my mum being all about experiences. So I've learned from a young age that those are the things that you should be striving for, at least over materialistic things. Like I would way rather go and visit a beautiful area of the world and spend two weeks there living in a really nice place, seeing the culture around me and spending my money on that than having a nice Mercedes outside my house. I couldn't care less about that. And if I look at someone and I know of the experiences they've created for themselves in their life or the experiences they've sought out to further heighten their awareness of the world, awareness of themselves and open themselves up to new things, I would deem that person to be somewhat successful in their position in life. I look at people who value experiences over materialistic things and I see these people as successful people. I think you've got it, you know what matters. But again, it's different people's values. You might disagree with me. You might value a new Rolex or a new car as something successful and that's fine and that is fine. But what I'm saying from, I guess, a research point of view and just talking to people who have these things and people who have experienced this kind of thing, none of them say that those things made them truly happy. And when you die, no one cares if you've got a nice car sitting outside your drive or you're wearing a nice watch, no one cares. People care about the things you did, the experiences they got to share with you. And that's something I also think about quite a lot. Now, every night before I go to sleep, I listen to an audiobook or podcast, or I read 20 pages of a book. Like I have to do something, right, that takes my mind away from my own thoughts and gives me something else to think about before falling asleep. Because otherwise, I will be there at 2 a.m. thinking how the SpaceX astronauts brush their teeth in space or why round pizzas come in square boxes. That still puzzles me. I like to borrow someone else's brain before bed. It's just something that I've always done and I've got into a habit of it. And who knows, maybe one day that might be my future girlfriends, but for now it's not, okay? <laughs> it's podcasts and it's books. But recently I've been listening to The Rise of Superman, Decoding the Science of Ultimate Human Performance by a guy called Stephen Kotler. I know, sounds complicated, but it's honestly incredible. I know that it only takes a few lines or a topic explained to completely change my pers perspective on something. 
a thought maybe which has happened to you or will happen with you and my podcast it only takes a snippet of information to change your way of thinking about something that's why I love reading and learning so much it genuinely excites me I've read books I've listened to audiobooks where just one line in that book or podcast or whatever it is has honestly made me change the way I live my life I also do it so then I can tell you about what I've been reading about and what I've been listening to but last night okay when I was listening to this Stephen spoke about how the happiest people on earth work hard for their fulfillment. They didn't just have the best experiences, they had devoted their entire lives to having these experiences, often going to extreme lengths to seek them out. And he said what keeps these people motivated is the quality of the experience they feel when they are involved with the activity. The feeling doesn't come when these people are relaxing when they're taking drugs or alcohol or when they're consuming the expensive privileges of wealth and what that might bring but instead it often involves painful risky difficult activities that stretch the person's capacity and involves an element of discovery so in essence happy successful people are happy and successful because they enjoy what they do and succeed the most at doing that. Now you might not know what it is exactly that makes you thrive and that's okay because often it takes time to figure that out, different timescales for different people. I decided at the age of 24 I didn't want to work in an office, I didn't want to work for someone else, I didn't want to work in sports marketing, my passion was fitness, my passion was to help people understand the truths about how to get in shape, to understand how to become healthier and therefore as a result happier. I took the plunge and I left that job to pursue my passion, a huge risk, but my experience in doing that, transitioning and learning as I went along and being able to coach people and help people every day pushes me, it tests me, all these things. And I'm stretched to my absolute capacity right now with my current clients, but this is what I thrive off and it's what keeps me feeling alive. It's that daily journey of facing challenges and overcoming them challenges that not just I feel myself but that people present to me and I'm there as their coach helping them find solutions and working with them to overcome them this is what a part of being happy is pushing your limits and overcoming obstacles that come in the way so you come out the other side stronger I think that's what success can be defined as too doing something that you not only enjoy but that you're good at and you can excel at This might take some time to discover for you. You might be 45 years old when you truly discover something you enjoy and you're good at. Success, I don't think, has a timeline, but it's something that I think we should all be consciously working to discover and perhaps define subjectively for ourselves. Like I said, I don't think success is objective. I think the meaning of it differs from person to person, from value to value, and I think that's great because it doesn't have to have an objective definition or truth for it to be meaningful for you. Your idea of success might be very different to my idea of it. Don't get me wrong, I think there are some definitions and truth, like I said at the beginning, within it that I believe to be paramount that feature into what success means, but I don't think there's a singular answer or definition. And I quite like that. I want to finish this podcast by addressing something that doesn't necessarily contribute to defining what success is but what certainly plays a fundamental role 
in enabling peak performance and therefore increasing your chances of success. Yesterday was the first day for a while where for once things in my life slowed down. I had this blissful feeling where I was like, wow, I've got some free time on my hands. I've got no commitments. I've got nothing to post or that's scheduled to be out on my social media that I have to address. I don't have any of my employees to talk about or, or get back to about work or clients. So I went out of London with some friends and enjoyed the fresh air, the sunshine and the opportunity to, to fully relax and switch off. What I've learned recently is that relaxation and rest is actually what enables peak performance. And in the past, and it's one of my biggest faults, I have found it so hard to relax without feeling guilty about doing so because I feel like there is always something I can be doing, there is always work that I can be doing. But relaxation and rest, it enables it. You can't perform at leading levels without being incredibly relaxed, without being rested, fresh and happy. And here's a little quote. This is one of my own, actually. I'm just gonna give it to you now. Work less and you'll succeed more. There we go, James Middleton, May 2021. Work less and you'll succeed more. Don't go off saying that to your bosses, all right? Saying, oh, I'm working less because I'll succeed more. That's what James told me, okay? That's not what I mean. But what I mean is this, okay? The most effective creators, athletes, scientists, the geniuses of our time are really, really good at relaxing and recovery when they need it. And I've actually done a lot of reading around some of these guys like Elon Musk and Winston Churchill and some of the things, even Albert Einstein, what they used to get up to during their free time. Now, I want you to be really, really good at having fun, okay? It's something that I adopt into my life. Someone DM me the other day, James, you seem to have so much fun all the time. When do you ever do your work? The irony is I work a hell of a lot more than I have fun, but I have fun doing my work as well. But proper fun outside of work is important. And it's what I showcase on my social media because it's highly valuable to me. And how many of you feel guilty when you're having fun? or you feel guilty when you're not working, constantly checking your emails, you know, not with your team, not producing. I know I get this a lot, so don't worry if you do, but it's something to be aware of. Another irony is this, you will be so much more creative, so much more productive, effective, influential, if you're rested, if you're relaxed and you've recovered properly. And there's this theory called the five great hours concept. You work immensely, immensely hard for five solid hours and then you go for a walk. You take your kids out, you watch a documentary, go out for dinner, go to the gym, do whatever you want. It's a weird way of working, but like I said, if you look at the guys like your Einsteins, your Elon Musks, your Churchills of the world, they had one thing in common. They worked intensely for a period of time each day, then they got out into nature. Churchill, for example, during the war, apparently, he would go into his room and sleep. That's my kind of guy, team nap. He would go for a nap, he'd then take a shower and he'd get back to work. These like great geniuses were great at having fun and resting and recovering and relaxing, as well as working hard. Don't try and be on it 100% of the time. Particularly if you run your own business or you work for yourself, it's incredibly easy to fall into this trap. Again, I used to do it. I felt like I had to, in order to build my business, work 100% of the time, all of the time, and always be 
go, 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 go. But that is not the case. You can't be good 100% of the time, all the time. Remember that. Successful people ensure that they incorporate relaxing and rest into their life to ensure peak performance when they do work. It's a fine balance. One I don't think we'll always get right, but one that we can certainly strive to make as balanced as possible to bring us the best success and the most happiness. So to wrap things up, I've delved into a number of different elements with regards to success. We've kind of jumped around a little bit, but I hope it's all made sense in some kind of way, or at least you've been able to take away snippets from this. There isn't just one game at which to succeed or fail. There are many games in life we play and many opportunities at which we should be trying to progress in. We shouldn't ever compare our own success or what we deem as success to anyone else's because we're all involved in different games and we all hold different values. I believe that a large part of success is happiness and striving to do meaningful tasks that encourage growth and steer clear of being bored. I think a big part of being successful is predicated on working through hardship and coming out the other side stronger and a better person having learned valuable lessons about yourself. I also think experiences and enjoying what you do to me are also components of being happy and therefore in my eyes being successful. And finally, you don't have to be constantly working all the time to try and achieve success. Rest and relaxation are just as important to then ensure you're performing at your best. And that is the little summary of what I've spoken about in this podcast today. Thank you so, so much for listening. As always, I hugely appreciate it. I am every week overwhelmed by the amount of you messaging me, emailing me, sharing these episodes, sharing the podcast on your socials, telling me that you've been sending them to friends around work. It is honestly... It's, it fills me with so much happiness and it's incredibly humbling for me as well and I love it and it's why I'm going to keep doing these podcasts for as long as I can and producing these episodes and talking about all these really interesting and what I believe are exciting things to talk about. So as always, please, if you're listening on Apple, Apple Podcasts, give it a five-star rating. My podcasts are slowly creeping up the charts, which is awesome to see. So keep on doing that. Keep sharing it with your friends keep posting it around and keep messaging me with your thoughts on things and, and how you're finding them because I love interacting with you and, and all of those of you who are listening from all over the world. So thank you again and I will see you at the next episode. Take care of yourself and goodbye.